0: Hello, hello, everybody! Welcome back, everyone. How's it going? It's so nice to see you again. Uh, my name is Dave Medina. You know me as Davey's Eating Sandwich, and this is the Sandwich Show. Welcome to another corner. We are into. We are starting part two of our college football preview um, of our part of uh, college football preview tonight. If you missed part one, we covered the group of five conferences, which includes a lot of great mid-majors and really solid solid teams you know teams like from san diego state to coastal carolina to come uh, to teams like um, uh, to teams like troy and uh and, and many really fun teams that i feel like you can get a lot of good value from so we we got into those teams yesterday tonight we're going to cover all the teams from the big bull well all the big dogs we're going to cover bama we're going to cover georgia ohio state clemson texas oklahoma usc ucla oregon washington all the the power five conferences as we know them today and we won't know them today like this a year from now will we we covered that yesterday we'll get into some season storylines too um with our guest tonight john in connecticut who's back with us um after hanging out with us yesterday um really looking forward to this spot though because we've got so many scenarios so many coaches a lot of people on the hot seat so many scenarios we can get into tonight so uh, let's without further without further delay, let's go welcome our friend tonight, and he's our friend John in Connecticut. Good to have you back, John. How's it going with this evening?
1: What's up, Dave? Yeah, uh, night two of our preview series here on the college football season. Thought we did a good job diving into the group of five last night, but these are the conferences that um, tonight anyway, with the Power Five leagues that have more, I guess, national intrigue and you know for your kind of casual college football fan. So I'm glad to be back and yeah, let's dive into some of these storylines that you wanted to cover.
0: Yeah. 100%. So, I mean, we, we've teased a lot of this yesterday, but I think we'll start with um, the obvious, I mean, the PAC 12 um, ending the death of what was really just a cornerstone of college football. Uh, We've already covered some of the basics of it, but it started when UCLA and USC left for the big 10 um we certainly saw that coming but i think it was a little surprise for me it was surprising that washington oregon joined them so fast like i thought that maybe they'd stick it out i thought they'd try to you know add teams to the Pac 12 and just re, re you know restructure themselves that way so seeing them bolt and then seeing the arizona schools in utah and colorado go to the big 12 it was start sudden startling and in, and in the end very sad to see the conference end i mean i, I don't i mean i've said i probably said a lot about it already you know, in the Discord, whatever else, but it's it's hard to kind of wrap your head around it, just to think that this is this, that's it. You know? It's like okay, you know, like they have won, they have won a lot of national championships in the past. Obviously, not in football terms, they haven't really won so much lately. But you talk about other sports; there's such a big deal in those too. So it's just, man, it's just it's just tough, tough to get around. Um, You mentioned even yesterday that the ACC might be next, and so on and so forth. But I mean, where do you even begin with this, John? I mean, I mean, you can't fault any individual team for leaving. But as you said yesterday, this could be a short-sighted move by all these schools. And we're going to see how it, how it ends up for each of them as we go along. So let's get your thoughts on the Pac-12's dissolution ending, the swan song season, the whole thing.
1: It's sad. Just like we talked about last night. It's a hundred-plus year conference of history. It's just like, poof, gone like that in just the matter of a day. Um, you know, like everyone made a huge deal about Colorado leaving. Well, okay. Like that's not, I didn't take that to be like, oh my God, the pac 12 is over for good. Like Colorado has had like, well, one good season in the last 15 years in football. I mean, I know they've made a couple of tournaments in basketball, but they came from the big 12 anyway. So they probably would rather be in that conference, uh, you know, all things being equal. So that wasn't a big, big loss in my opinion. I thought the conference could have um you know kind of regrouped after that and you know may, maybe added some more members but um you know then then the the rumors started flying around about you know uh the Big 10 was going to come calling for uh the rest of the schools like Oregon and Washington but i guess they they had a a, a deal i guess in principle but i guess the, all the Pac-12 athletic directors or presidents Oh, like that the day before it all fell apart, they were going to come to the table and like come to an agreement and stay like the pack nine at at whatever it was at that point um, and take the TV deal from Apple. That's what it was going to be. And we can kind of discuss, you know, the pros and cons with that. But um, and, you know, and they were going to stay together and I assume they probably would have added a couple more schools and they would have they would have survived. But um, it all comes down to money, I guess, in the end for a lot of these schools. And I don't want to say stability, because they would have they would have been fine if they had st- stuck together the, the remaining nine schools. Um, but when the Big Ten is offering you, you know, 60 million dollars versus the Apple deal was only 30 million. Not even that many, it was like 25 million, but there was like escalators where if they got so many subscribers, they could end up getting X, Y or Z amount of money. Um, you know, that's, that's what you're going to choose every time. Basically it all comes down to the, to a money grab, but it's just really hard to kind of comprehend because like we talked about last night, there's going to be like a competitive disadvantage. Like how many teams from the big 10 are going to get into the college football playoff in the future. I mean, yeah, it's going to be 12 teams. Like, do they take their best or four? Like can those can like Washington and Oregon and USC and, uh UCLA guarantee themselves to be in that top 4 like maybe one of the schools maybe two at most like you know there's Ohio State and Michigan are going to be there not to mention you know you have solid programs like you know Wisconsin and um you know Michigan State pops up every once in a while so it's going to be hard so they might have been better off sticking around in the Pac 12 I know the the monetary aspect of it wouldn't have been as as good for sure um I think the problem with Apple just the perception that it's all it's just all streaming. Like there's no linear component to it all. It's like they couldn't, um, like license, you know, say package of a game a week to ESPN or something. Right? It would literally be all on Apple TV. So there's there there's like the, uh, there's that exposure part of it um, that you kind of lose being on a streaming service. Although it's almost kind of like the wave of the future, like the way things are going, like direct to consumer. Like you could see, you know, cables already long, almost long gone, but like all these streaming services too, like it could be like, you're just going to pick and choose basically what you want to buy um, long or the days of, you know, uh, getting ESPN on your cable deal. Even if you don't watch it, like you're paying for ESPN. Well, you know, they're losing all kinds of money <laughs> basically with that, with that deal at this point. And it's going to, it's going to go away. So we'll see what happens in the future. It might've been a mistake on their part to kind of turn down Apple uh, and chase the money because you know where's the next big contract coming from? If if all these, the cable and and uh, you know ESPN, it, it can't give you that money. So we'll we'll see where this all lands up, um, you know, going forward. But just a really really sad situation that it had to play out like this. And you know, Oregon and Washington leave, and then uh, after that, like the, the you know Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State, they were gonna they weren't gonna stick around. So um you're just left with the four the four remainders at this point in the in the conference and um i don't know we've seen i've seen a lot of scenarios about what where they go from here whether it be add more we talked about it a little bit add some best of the rest kind of thing or go independent i don't know it's it's just kind of sad because they're they're like left behind it's it's none it's not their fault at all um those schools anyway um i i did read a story that the pac-12 commissioner they had an offer of like 30 million back in the fall. And it's basically what the big 12 has been getting or got mm-hmm. from ESPN Fox and the PAC 12 commissioner. He said like, no, like we want 50 million. And I guess he was just like laughed out of the room. So if you can blame anyone at this point, you can blame uh, Larry Scott, the their, fur, their previous commissioner and this new guy, George. Platicoff, I think is as you pronounce his last name, just a complete mishandling of the entire situation. And this, reading of their perception yeah i guess and, and, and value and it's 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 sad because like there's there's going to be no more no more pack 12 but one more thing and i'll let you you know uh, have your own your comments like you i can almost see this happening like as these conferences get so so big and so you know like nationwide like you could almost have either contraction and you could go back to what it was before as like it just it just gets too overwhelmingly large or within the Big Ten, you'll have, like, a West division, and it'll basically be the old Pac-12. So, um, you know, I guess more to come on that in, in the future as as the Big Ten and SEC consolidate their power.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've really covered a lot of the bases there. Um And I think I, I didn't make the point yesterday, but I've been telling people, like, off, off-air of this a lot, like, the biggest reason I love college football when I started watching it was because I really had enjoyed all the geographic rivalries with with every single conference and I think you're you're gonna lose something when the sport becomes a national sport and the big TweE 10 has kind of started some of this and SEC started it earlier than that and the SEC is huge now um, I think Counted fourteen teams last time I counted them. I'm sure it's larger than that right now. I mean, and uh, the big fifty-four we talked about yesterday, which is just absurd (laughs) right now. And this is before they add teams next for next season. Like I, I don't think the direction it's going is going to be something I'm going to enjoy personally. But it's not going to stop me from watching. It's just not going to be the same. But that's what I. I'm just. That's my biggest disappointment. And I understand. You know, people. It's all about the playoffs, all about the money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But from the fan experience, I think you're losing quite a lot. I think teams in the you know, fans of the Big Ten and the SEC don't care because it doesn't affect them. They get to keep all their teams. Everybody else is getting screwed. Big Twelve, Pac-12, anybody in the AAC, people who are followed, you know, as you mentioned, you know, conference USA is completely changed in like only five years. So it sucks. Like I. I that, these, like, right, you know, things like Miami versus Florida State, you know, things like Virginia Tech versus Miami mean, in the old days, these rivalries were great. And not having that anymore is is going to is gonna hurt. And I think um, over time, I think people kind of start feeling that a little more. So that's kind of my biggest takeaway from this realignment, you know, across the board. It's just I feel like we're losing more of it. It's just becoming just a general, more of a generic minor league football, which, listen, that's yeah, not
1: right, you know. I, don't know, I was going to say people are comparing it to like the AFC versus the NFC, like yeah. whatever you want to label it. Like Fox is AFC, ESPN is NFC, and they each have their national conference with Big Ten and SEC. But two, two things I want to uh, mention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you're talking about like some of these schools that are just kind of skating by, just getting their piece of the pie, like, you know, uh, Vanderbilt, Rutgers, you know, Northwestern, Indiana, schools like that they could be kicked out. Like I could see that happening. Like how do you maximize more value? Like get rid of the, the dregs of the league. And then you essentially have like a super league of like the top programs. And that could be a way to like, even make even more money. Um, so that could happen in the future. We'll see. But the only thing I will say about that is somebody has to lose the games. So, you know, uh, you know, Alabama might not be happy going eight and four every year or, or schools like that. If they're just playing the top, the top teams. So you need some you need some buffer with some of those lower (laughs) programs in there yep uh, to to pad your wins essentially but um that could be a way for them to kind of maximize revenue in the future almost like a a college football champions league so to speak Mm -hmm. um you know if you follow uh soccer but um yeah and to your rivalry point like the civil war who knows if that's gonna be played anymore the apple cup it's just it's terrible like it's just you know i'm with you it's college football yeah it's great on a national level but it's all about like rivalries and like conferences in my opinion, should be somewhat regional. Um, you know, if you're more than two time zones in your conference, like are you really a conference? <laughs> like, you know, it's just, like great. It just great. doesn't Make yeah. a lot of sense.
0: Absolutely. Um, it that's I, that's a really great point. You know, Sports by I, I met I was I met sport friend Sportsbook, Kristen in Georgia, um, a few weeks ago. Um, he was in Southern California, so I was hanging out with him. Um, and he made the point that you, you kind of teased it a little bit of, you teased it a little bit of this point too. He said, what is going to stop the biggest teams from just making their own super league? You, you literally, like you made the same point. I like, can like, that absolutely could happen. It probably is going to happen. I actually think that's probably the next phase of this.
1: Yeah. And, and break away from the NCAA and do whatever the hell they want, yeah. basically with, with football anyway, that's, that's where this is headed. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe it's not going to happen instantly, but give it like 10, 15 years, I'm who the heck knows where we're going to be in ten years with yeah. this realignment business? I'll tell you what, though, I, like I said last night, the ACC is next to to <laughs> d- dissolve unless they do something.
0: Yeah, so. you're absolutely right. It's it's already happened with some of the conferences. Like I think the original Big East was probably the first oh, of yeah. that. I missed the original Big East. It was a good, was a good conference, like especially in basketball, it was really good. But football too. Like it, they had a solid football conference. So too bad. Too bad. Well, you know, that's a good segue to the next topic, which is uh, the new TV network deal. So it's going to be a little bit, all. it's going to be a little bit scattered. I, I I think this year's odd because you're going to have multiple conferences. I mean, this actually does happen in generally anyway. But um, whereas before you were having, I don't know, you had like ESPN and and Fox were covering the Big Ten. And now it's like NBC and CBS. I don't know if ESPN is
1: covering Big Ten in the next couple of years.
0: Oh, they're Those not eating it at all completely
1: shut out. Yeah, oh, there's wow. no Big Ten sports on ESPN.
0: That is interesting. That is interesting. Um, not necessarily a negative. I just it's just very interesting because they've been part of the ESPN family network for such a long time, um, and it's interesting to note that because like I I really hadn't seen them on the ESPN networks a lot in recent years. Like it was mostly just like the lower level teams. Like I didn't really see. I mean, yeah, obviously, maybe. I mean, I think Ohio State, Michigan was. No, I think that was on. That's been on Fox for like a, lot, for it's a while. It's been on
1: Fox for a while. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, yeah, they pretty much picked that as like their number one game every year. and yeah. you know, in previous. Yeah, you, I think you're referring to like you know you put on ESPN two at noon and it's like <laughs> Illinois and uh,
0: Minnesota yeah, yeah. with
1: um, Beth Moans on the call. You know, with yeah. a, a nice thirteen ten thriller. <laughs> you know, those, those are your those are your noon big like, ten games on ESPN two.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. So I I think. It's, it was kind of already heading in that direction. Um, the SEC, I, I thought, you know, I couldn't figure out when the SEC was actually going to be handed over to ESPN. It's going to be next year. so I believe,
1: yeah, it's next year. So this year it's kind of awkward. Like the, the CBS is showing both Big Ten and SEC games. Mm-hmm. And then next year it's going to be just Big Ten in that typical 330 spot. And I guess they're not changing the music either. So the, your CBS college football music will now serenade the big 10 as we, <laughs> just... as we walk is, you know, and it'll be funny to watch Gary Danielson completely flip now from defending the sec with all this might <laughs> to defending the big 10, uh, every Saturday. That'll That's be, funny. that'll be fun. That'll be fun. But, um, yeah. So the, the big 10 is on, it's like, you get a triple header. Basically you get like Fox, CBS and then NBC all day on network TV. And then the yep. rest of it is, you know, probably big 10 network streaming, uh, Fox sports, one Fox sports 2 They're, you know, those are all the, the channels that they get picked up. I saw NBC has a few, like, Peacock-exclusive games, yep. too, so they, they try to get that in the mix. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be all Big Ten all the time uh, on yeah. basically network television.
0: <laughs> I mean, we make jokes about that all the time, but you do have some pretty solid teams in the Big Ten, and I'm sure a year from now it's going to be great because now you've got, like, you've got... You've got so much. You've got the you got you know a quarter of the Pac-12 in there now, and it's actually the best yeah. quarter too. It's like the top twenty five percent of the Pac-12 is in the Big Ten now. That's so pretty cool.
1: Yeah, basically, and they'll have like a they can play with it like a ten o'clock time slot too because they have the West. So you can mm-hmm. you have a game. You could have a Big Ten game at like twelve, three thirty, seven, and ten go for <laughs> East Coast time, like all day and all night. You got a, a Big Ten matchup in there on, on like prime. Uh, you know network television so what's your pick
0: there and that if you had to pick one best of the sec but you got to deal with booger mcfarland
1: oh <laughs> gosh
0: or do you go like 15 hours of the big 10 football
1: oh, no. <laughs> give, me, give me the actual football game, please.
0: that's fair yeah. i don't know if anybody wants to see more iowa or rutgers or nebraska that's probably probably you can put that one off for a while um, so yeah, that's the, that's the gist of it. I mean, it's it is going to be awkward for CBS. Um, they've had a great legacy with SEC. Interestingly enough, that theme has been around forever. It's been around for like thirty five years at least, and so it predates the SEC too. So it's
1: okay. So well, that's that's at least you know, I'd say comforting, but like you know, because we've only probably been watching. I've only been watching football for, you know, not that long. Mm-hmm. Um so that's good to know it predates the SEC. So it's like they can't say it's like the SEC theme song. It's just the yeah. college football on CBS theme song, whatever mm-hmm. conference that they're they're showing.
0: Yeah. But still it's it's absolutely synonymous with the SEC these days. Like they've really built a great brand with it. It's a shame it's it's ending, but you know, I'll think it's going to end eventually, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean maybe that might hurt them. Like where's the three like the you would turn into CBS now at three thirty to get the best SEC game of the week. Like, where are you going for that now? Like, will people like in the back of their minds be like, "Oh, like, all right, let's turn to ESPN or ABC or whatever"? Like, I don't know. Maybe, that, maybe that's something that will end up, you know, affecting them in a negative way. But I guess we'll see about that.
0: Yeah, that's a really good question because like I was kind of wondering what they would do with that. Would they do that? Would that be their new Saturday primetime game? Would just be the SEC game of the week and prime? I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that. That's a good question. Um, I ain't angry. is in our chat tonight. Hello there, My Buckeyes have a game on Peacock this season. Oh, the Bucks even have a game on Peacock. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's
1: yeah. Are you surprised? I don't know one...
0: That's surprising.
1: Uh, well, they're trying to get people to subscribe. So yeah. no, I'm not surprised. Like I know the first game of the year, Michigan plays East Carolina. I saw that's on Peacock. Okay, so I imagine the Ohio State game it won't be like a marquee game. It'll be like probably a non conference game, but. You know, or maybe like a, a lower, like if they play Rutgers or whatever, that might be on Peacock because they want people to subscribe to to watch it. So, not surprised.
0: Got you, um, Anyway, Thank you very much for hanging out with us tonight. Um Stay tuned; we'll definitely have a lot of coverage of the Buckeyes and, and much of the Big Ten coming up in a few min- coming up later in the program. So, um well, that's it's all very exciting stuff. And CBS is certainly going to be very active this year. I mean, they've got so much coverage of the Group of Five too, like. UConn will be yeah. if you want to watch UConn football, like that's the place, like CBS Sports <laughs> well, Network.
1: <laughs> well, let's let's not go. I, I do like their team this year, but let's <laughs> we won't go that far. <laughs> let's say if you turn on if you want to watch a good game, maybe yeah, all their home games are on CBS Sports Network. So, mm-hmm. um which is actually I'm surprised that they actually got that kind of deal because they were it's a horrible program when they signed that. Now they're yeah. in the right direction, but. Um, Yeah, the CBS Sports has them. They have the Army and Navy home games. They have uh, Mountain West. They have MAC. They had Conference USA. Uh, I don't think they have AAC. I think AAC is all like ESPN. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we talked about last night. Conference USA is doing like the Tuesday, Wednesday games during October, which is just fantastic. That's
0: pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, actually in November, as we were talking about, CBS Sports does like some of the games, and ESPN does other games. It's a really fun night of the week yeah okay um so let's go to the coaching the coaching move so we talked about more even though they what satterfield is part of the power five now we got into it a little bit last night so you're, you're welcome to expand that when we get to that big 12 preview what we'll do right now is we're gonna do coaches in the hot seat and uh john i'm gonna hand the torch to you who are your coaches on the hot seat coming up this year
1: i mean it, there's not like a surefire ones like there were last year. Like remember. Like, we instantly all said, oh, yeah, Scott Frost is, like, number one to yeah. go basically. He, <laughs> he sure was. Like, he was gone in, by, you know, by the end of September. Yeah. But, I mean, you have some guys that are have been struggling. But I wouldn't say, like, they're on the verge of getting fired. Um, like, uh, Jimbo Fisher, like, this is a make or break year for him. But, like, I just don't know if they have, you know, I mean, Texas A&M has a ton of money. But do they really want to pay him, like, $100 million for a, a buyout or something crazy like that? I don't know. Um, if they have another disappointing year, um, Neil Brown at West Virginia it definitely is on the hot seat. But again, you, you know, it's not like a no offense. Like I don't think people are like clamoring about West Virginia football. Like it's not a huge, you know, a huge market team. Um, and, and same thing with uh, Mel Tucker at Michigan State. They just paid him a ton of money, but very disappointing year last year. And we'll get to the Big Ten when we talk about them, but they've—they it's not been a good off season for them. Um, so those are kind of three guys off the top of my head uh, that I, you know, wanted to mention that are kind of on the hot seat. I mean, you have some others here like um, the guy from Indiana. Um, yeah, Tom Allen. They—they like yeah. they could be in for he could be in for a rough season, and he might he might not last uh, the year. Um, same with uh, uh, Jeff Halfley at Boston College. They've really been struggling. But again, like some of these guys might got, get another year because it, it hasn't been a complete like disaster um, or a sustained disaster. So those are kind of some names off the top of my head. I don't know who, who you had. It's kind of like your. I, I. Did you mention Neil Brown in that? In that. Run yes. Now? I did. Oh, OK,
0: OK. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so I, I would have put him there for sure. Um, did we mention Mario Ball too? I to think that he. No, I
1: didn't. That's an interesting. Yeah. one. Yeah.
0: Miami I think it might be already kind of having enough of him and you know I can kind of see that yeah
1: so we'll see we kind of called it too yeah. when he came from Oregon we were like this guy is not good at all and like they were just so disappointing last year I mean run off the field by Middle Tennessee like that is just embarrassing for Miami the, their problem is when they got rid of the Orange Bowl and now they play at the Dolphin Stadium whatever mm-hmm. the hell it's called now I mean they've been through a million sponsors uh, naming that stadium but there's, like, no home field environment or, or edge, and that's a huge thing, obviously, in college football, and they just don't have it.
0: It's an interesting observation. Like, people always bit, rip the UCLA for not having a home field advantage, but if you knew where they played, it's ridiculous. It's like you literally have to go to a completely, other side of, a completely opposite side of town. It's, a, it's like a 20 30-mile drive to get to their stadium. It's dumb. Like, in my opinion, it's dumb. I like, think... They'd have been better off just playing in a smaller, like 40,000 seat stadium somewhere else that was closer. Um, I have actually explored the idea of them playing their home games on SoFi. I just don't know if the constituents would be up for that. Like would SoFi go for it? Would, you know, would that work? I think it'll work. It work a lot better than the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl's so far UCLA away. I would
1: probably have to pony up some money to play, play there too. Yeah. I'm sure it's not cheap.
0: I'm pretty sure of that too. Like it's, because because you know that's those are dates that the SoFi could use for concerts and things like that. So yeah. there's no doubt. Yeah, it would cost. Them what money. about
1: the stadium that the Chargers played in for like a year or two? The set soccer stadium. How oh yeah, Dignity
0: Health Sports Park. Yeah, yeah. good times. But that's actually just as far away though. It's just in a different direction. Okay. That's like thirty miles you south. might as well just play
1: playing right. Rose Bowl.
0: Rose Bowls yeah. and Pezini is cool too. So like I think you, yeah. it's almost the same thing actually. Good question though. Good question. But you know there are other ideas, and like, you know I, I figure over time they 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 could they could come up with something. I just feel bad because it's like I feel like UCLA actually has a pretty solid fan base. It's just that how are you going to sustain any kind of momentum like with 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 attendance if you have to completely go out of your way to go to their stadium? Like that just that's just hard. So in USC the stadium's like right next to the campus, so like it's a big difference, big difference. So. Um anyway, where were we where
1: were we were getting into this about for Oh yeah yeah. Uh, we started talking about coaches. Crystal, kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wandered into stadium talk, but hey, no it all it all it plays a role in like how yeah, you definitely. evaluate like the program. Yeah. And, you know their their perception and and where they're going for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um I always felt like like why do you need a like 100,000 seat stadium? Especially like UCLA and USC like they never sell those out and no offense to the fans there but that's just a hard thing to sell out you know yeah i mean i know uh i think tennessee and michigan are close to that but um you know it's just for for being in la like that's a hard thing to sell out like two hundred thousand seat stadiums
0: yeah for sure for sure for sure i mean it's just because it's there right like they're using right. it for the for the you know for the rose bowl at the end of the season which is by the way i forgot to mention this part of the part of that discussion the rose bowl is practically dead now because yeah. when essentially the Pac-12 Big Ten arrangement, there's no Pac-12. Well, well now what? Like, right. they they. I don't think they, they. I think they lose all their scheduling leverage out of that. But who am I to say that? I don't know. <laughs> but, well, um,
1: I guess what they'll do now is they'll just say like the Rose Bowl is you know how they want to use the bowl games as part of the playoffs, so the Rose Bowl will just be like a playoff game. So whoever you know qualifies, yeah. or at that point you know will be there. So yeah. and maybe they'll get a Western team, you know, an old pack team in there so that that's probably what the what the goal will be every yeah year.
0: do you think they'll have the leverage to keep insisting on that same 2 p.m local time time slot on this january 1st like they always do
1: i mean i guess like at this point like you know whatever it's you know it just
0: i tell you that playing
1: though they're just gonna take they're just gonna take their time slot yeah sure why not
0: uh, well it's like, it's an interesting spot because now this round is the semifinal. So, honestly, it doesn't really matter when they play those games because they're going to be playing over multiple days anyway. So, it doesn't. I guess that's right. true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right. So, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really good stuff. I think I, I, one article said that Billy Napier was in the hot seat, which really surprised me. I'm like, he'd only been in Florida for, what, a year and a half? Like, why is he already in well, the they're hot
1: impatient. seat? they're impatient for sure in the SEC, but he's going to get more than – he'll get, like, at least a third year unless, like, you know like, – they. There's all like crazy off the field allegations.
0: Right, um, right.
1: I all, mean, of stuff going on. But yeah, he'll, he'll get a third year for sure.
0: I would think so. And and honestly, I don't even think Florida's that bad. Like, I, <laughs> they, what they need is quarterback play. They, and that
1: was well, the problem. They brought in Graham Mertz, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, do, do they really have a quarterback?
0: Yeah, that's rough. I, yeah, I think you might have to go back to it. <laughs> you, you almost make the last year's quarterback situation look pretty, pretty sublime compared to that mertz oh my goodness uh that's funny okay so that's that's the latest the coaches in the hot seat um well can continue with predictions and things near the end of the show when we'll do our playoff predictions um so let's go to our conferences and we're gonna start with the acc or what's left of it i mean it's fine right now but as you mentioned john it's only a matter of time they're gonna get blown up um so i mean really we've talked about how miami is kind of in a state of flux. NC State's kind of an enigma to me. I, I, I'm i tired of buying into them. I'm kind of done with trying to think that they're good. I've had enough of them. Um, So, really, for me, it feel like if it comes down to, like, Clemson and Florida State. Those two teams are really loaded. Um, we're going to have some fun with this conference, even though there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of bottom feeders in there. But those two teams at the top are pretty good. So, uh, John, let's get your thoughts on the ACC.
1: Yeah, you couldn't have said it any better, Dave. Um. The interesting thing about this year, and I think we might have mentioned this last night, but there are no more divisions in this conference. Mm -hmm. So gone are the Atlantic and the Coastal. So you can actually get a Clemson Florida State championship game this year, um, where in the past it would be like whoever comes out of those two teams. Recently, Clemson, um, because Florida State had been, you know, kind of down, uh, had some rough years. um, And they would play like a, I remember a couple of years ago, they played like Virginia, who was eight and four. They play you know, they played pit like nine and three. Like it wasn't, it was an okay team they were playing. It wasn't like a true championship game. Um, but now we're going to get that because as I said, there's no more divisions. Uh, so, um, you know, Clemson and Florida State are the clear uh, favorites heading into the year. And I wouldn't doubt that they both get to the championship game. I and mean, we can talk about some of the other contenders, but when you look at Clemson, um, you know, dju transfers to oregon state we'll get to that um you know get to the pac 12 later but uh there was a huge call last year for Kate Klubnik to start all year he finally did uh get some playing time in the acc championship game and he really shined um did not have a good bowl performance against tennessee which m- might worry a little bit but uh he's gonna he's the he's the day one starter here um you know clemson's always loaded on defense they're just gonna You know, go through and with their recruiting and replenish their defensive line, Um, but you know, neck is really kind of the question mark for the for the entire team. If if because that was the problem with Clemson last year, Um, their offense just really struggled. So if he's you know at an elite level, um, there'll be no they'll they'll be like an NFL title contender. I and I still think they're you know they're going to make the ACC championship game with Florida State, but um, that's kind of where the state of Clemson is at the moment. It comes down to their quarterback play. One thing about Clemson is they don't really use the transfer portal as much as some of these other schools. I and mean, it's kind of maybe why they've slipped a tad um, over the last few years. You know, they were winning, you know, un- going undefeated, winning 11 games. And it's kind of been a little bit of a drop off since then. And they haven't really been as active. Um, and they might have to change that uh, moving forward. Um, you know, and uh, like I said, Florida State is the clear other favorite in this in this league, uh, 17 starters return. With Jordan Travis, Mike um, Norvell's done a really nice job there, kind of getting the program back um, to, you know, national prominence. Um, you know, they they had that huge win against LSU last year and kind of put their name back, I guess, on the map. Um, they did have a couple other losses that kept them from. Uh, they did lose to Clemson, so that's again they play in the regular season and they'll probably meet again in the ACC championship game. But um, those are the two teams that. Um, that should, should top this conference. Um, After that, like, it's just a lot of kind of mediocrity. Um, You know, uh, North Carolina is going to get some hype because of Drake May. And he's a great quarterback. Uh, Their offense put up uh, just a number of points and he's going to be a legit NFL prospect, but you just can't trust Mac Brown, number one. And number two, their defense is just really, really poor. And if that continues again this year, there's going to be in shootouts every game remember the first game last year when they it was like 63 to 61 against Appalachian State and they won it just because of uh Drake May um and they're, they're gonna have to kind of do that sort of thing again this year um so you know if Mac Brown wasn't the coach maybe I'd be a little bit more fond on them but I, I just can't I I just can't get, uh, get in on them um same with Miami and, and like we just talked about Cristobal. I mean they sh- they should be much better they should be better than Their talent, uh, their record should be better than what their talent has because they're, you know, they have a lot of solid players. I mean, um, you know, uh, Tyler Van Dyke is is returning, um, a quarterback, and, um, you know, they've been recruiting well. It's just, you know, can they put it all together? Um, And, you know, they, I don't think they can get to that next level and make the the championship game. Um, And then you have some other kind of middling teams like Pitt. You know, they always have a great defense very good on the offensive defensive line under Narduzzi they just kind of seem to churn out those um you know those players like seem like they put guys in the NFL on the defensive line every year and they do get I think an upgraded quarterback uh Phil Jerkovic comes in from Boston College now he was pretty bad the last couple of years but I think he was hurt um and it's just the, the this offensive line there was terrible last year at Boston College and they didn't really have um, you know, many, uh, the coaching wasn't great too. So maybe an improvement, um, you know, because he, he's definitely shown flashes, but I think that's an upgrade on their quarterback position. And like I said, they're always pretty good on the lines. So, um, they'll be kind of in the middle of the pack. Uh, same with, uh, NC state. Um, the interesting thing about them is Brennan Armstrong comes over from Virginia and he brings, uh, all, the offensive coordinator, uh, Robert and I, who when they were together at Virginia, he put up like record setting numbers. So that's kind of the hope for for NC State. That's what they want to do is kind of run that that offense, uh like the, you know, the four wide kind of almost air raid like offense and hope they can catch that magic from a few years ago when those guys were working together. And NC State is another team that's always has like a solid defensive line um and defense in general. So they kind of hoping to pair those two together. Um Louisville is an interesting team because uh, Jeff Brom comes over as as coach, replacing Satterfield, and he brings uh, Jack Plummer, who was his former quarterback at Purdue, and they they won the, the ACC schedule lottery, so they could be maybe a sleeper pick uh, if Clemson or Florida State were to falter. Louisville might be a team to look at, or at least to to bet over their win total. I think I think Louisville's going to have a good season, um, but they're definitely a team I think on the rise. I mean, we've, we've seen Brom take like Purdue to the big 10 championship game and kind of over, you know, over, um, uh, do better than expectations. So I think that was a really great hire from them. And I guess the last school I'll mention from the top uh, of the conference is Duke really unexpected last year. Uh, they were projected to be one of the worst teams in the conference. And, uh, Mike Elko came in and just did a fantastic job. Um, it really kind of pulled a, a winning season out of nowhere and turned Riley Leonard into one of the better, quarterbacks in the ACC like he's a dual threat quarterback and he really turned around in their defense too like two years ago they were giving up like 45 50 points a game in conference play and they really improved that last year that the guy is just a, a tremendous coach um their schedule is much tougher this year but I think they're going to be in the top half of the league now I guess I'll mention one more team uh, Wake Forest the big news about them is Sam Hartman transferred out from uh Wake Forest to Notre Dame um and so they lose their star quarterback but again a lot of solid coaches in this league I will say that um some I wish like if I wished uh like Elko was coaching North Carolina like that would be just tremendous but it is what it is um Wake Forest coach Dave Clawson's just done a great job there so even though they do take I think I'll step back with Hartman leaving I think they will be a bowl team um so those are kind of thoughts on like the top and mid half of the conference I mean I don't know if you want to dive into the bottom of the of the ACC but those are kind of Wait, some initial thoughts we forgot to put Dino
0: Babers on that hot seat list <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Is that> right <laughs>
0: I forgot about that man so sheer in that program like yeah I can't believe he's still there that's sort of my well, takeaway that's the
1: thing like some of these ACC schools are just going to be like left in the dust when all this <laughs> like when you know North Carolina and, and Clemson and Florida State like in Miami end up leaving the conference like what's going to be left? It's going to be like it's Syracuse, Boston College. Like we can make the Big East again. Like let's go. Like you know we can g- get the band back together. Like yeah. it's going to. I end up working out like that. But yeah, the bottom teams: Syracuse, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia looks like they're going to be like the, one of the worst teams in the country um, this year. But yeah, those are kind of the initial thoughts on the ACC. I'd be happy to. Talk about some of the bottom teams, if you like. But um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on some of these, some of these other teams?
0: No, I mean the bottom teams are just going to be hilarious. You know, like the only yeah. the only thing that you really can watch out for with Syracuse is that they often give Clemson a tough time when they play against one another. I mean, that's really it. That's pretty much all they can really look forward to this year. Uh, so I'm not going to waste too much time on that. Or bo- you mentioned Boston College? Yeah, there's no reason to watch Boston College at all. That is a that's a rough watch. Um, so yeah, I mean, you've really hit a lot of this on the screws, and and you've got a good point about the coaches. Like, oh, I, I do like a lot of these coaching hires. I mean, it's clearly Louisville's a big, old, it's a nice step up from Satterfield. I agree. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, so Clemson and Florida State. Um, I I wasn't. I, it, I I it's not the biggest slam dunk ever, but I really do think Clemson's going to be very very good this year. And and just to be fair, like they weren't even bad last year. Like their record was very good. It's just that you never really saw them being a championship team because DJU would often hold them back. Uh, it's, I think they'll have more upside than they did a year ago. I think this will be a really, really good team. As you mentioned, defensively, they're going to be great. Um, even without Venables the, the back there. and They've been without Venables for a couple, about a year and a half now. So it'll be really interesting stuff. Big props to Norvell, the way he's recruited. I've been looking at the recruiting rankings. he's like right there like the last like three or four years. They are doing a really good job getting players. And it's like, of course, like Florida state is built to to win. Like if you, if you, you have the environment, you have a lot of great talent down there. You just have to have somebody with his head on straight. So Norvell, and then, and then again, this is where the college football fan bases and and uh, what is the word? The, where the fanaticism of college f- football fans gets really annoying with me. It's like, dude was on the hot seat too. It's like, really, really like give him like a couple years. He obviously proved it on other on other programs and how here we are like tia just needed another year and they're they're looking pretty good so um yeah anyway that's all this just to say like yeah i, I mean i support everything you said um
1: wait, yeah we'll, florida state versus lsu again in week one that's just a fabulous game oh like that's, yes i think it's on the, the sunday too of labor day Guys. so like you know there's no, there's no nfl that week because yeah. you know they don't start the following sunday so we'll get LSU, Florida State again that night, but you can. And earlier in the day at noon on Sunday, you can watch Northwestern Rutgers.
0: So, you know, <laughs> into that game. so we're CBS, gonna go. Too. We're gonna go with like an interim or somebody, some new coach replacing the departed um, Pat Fitzgerald versus a team who should have kicked out their coach and haven't yet but I probably me- we haven't gotten to the Big Ten yet but I-, I can't wait to ask this question how many games do you give Shiano before he's dumped like would you give him the whole season would you give him half the season Like,
1: yeah I would because it's just such a tough a tough uh, you know a tough schedule to win Aaron, a tough yeah. conference to win in I mean especially because the Big Ten they're going to get rid of divisions but it's not this year so they still have the East and West I mean they have to play Ohio State Michigan Penn State, yep. and Michigan State every year. And that's just like almost four losses right off the jump. It's true. And then if you, it depends on who you draw from the West division. Like if you get Wisconsin or Iowa, like there's another – like you already have six losses. Like it's just almost impossible for, for him to – get any traction going like you need to they need to that's why that northwestern game is huge for them because they it's a conference game they need to win that one like it's a legit conference game they can win absolutely one so yeah. if they have any chance of like making a bowl game they have to win that game yep um although they're favored by seven points i don't know i don't know Do oh, I, don't, I don't
0: like that don't like Do you want to lay seven
1: with Rutgers? i don't know
0: i don't like that i don't like that either um, so that so that's uh, that's the gist of it for the ACC. So no division. So we pretty much gave you your top our top two both ways. Um, definitely a better ACC than I think we were used to, which is good. It's good. It'll definitely be a, a little a little better than normal than, than the past years. Um, so let's move to the Big Twelve. Oh boy, you know there was a lot of talk about the Big Twelve being the best conference in, in the Power Five last year. I it's an interesting qu- query or it's an interesting topic because. I don't think you're talking about them being the bestness because the people at the top are not gonna match up with the people in the SEC at the top. But you go if you want to go like if you wanna go with depth, I think Big Twelve is right there. It is such a great conference. Interesting thing, the, the it looked like the projections have Texas as the odds on favorite to win the conference this year, which is a unique position. Usually to Oklahoma. Oh, you're not buying it. Interesting. Interesting.
1: I don't know. It, it's it's tough. Like it, it we'll we'll get to it. Like yeah. Like you said, I, I mean they're probably not going to have a team in the playoff because all these teams are going to beat each other.
0: Yeah, that's fair. It's fair. It is going to be a very rugged schedule for anybody in this conference. Um, and speaking on that point, the, the story of last year's Big 12 was actually TCU. They made it all the way to title game. They really beat the odds. They beat the odds. How many weeks were we talking about how they gutted out a win and they, should have, they shouldn't have won?
1: They Almost every week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am expecting a huge regression to the mean for that team this year. I, I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on them as you, we, we do the preview. Kansas, I'm kind of wondering about the same thing. I, they had a really great start, although they came back to it a lot quicker. Like I think it was like halfway through the season they started to really start losing games, but they are doing well. I, I mean, I don't want to give you don't want to you don't want to hit them too hard there because like they they had a very good year, so you know, not not a huge surprise the way it ended. K State's an interesting call. Iowa State, none of us are buying them, I'm sure. If Ron were here, I'm sure he'd be down on them, too. Like, Campbell, like, uh, now, did he move? I'm not still? buying him. Nope. Yeah, you can't buy he's him. He's still
1: there. I'm not buying it. Nah, no, same, same.
0: No way. Um, so the team, I feel like the teams with question, and Oklahoma State is now, let's go the opposite side of this, the coin. Oklahoma State continues to be a dependable a dependable winner every single year. Doesn't mean they're going to win a title or anything like that, but um, Gundy's still, still Gundy. Give it to him. Like, he's got that team competitive, playing with fire. Um, I think it could be another solid year for Oklahoma State, um, and then Baylor. That's I'm gonna let you take take on Baylor. I, I don't know what to feel. I don't I don't have a feel for them honestly. Oklahoma too. Like I I think they're I don't know. Venables doesn't have the same not the same cachet as uh, Riley did before. You know having them before. So I I I'm not the biggest Oklahoma guy right now. So John, with that set up, let's get your thoughts on the Big Twelve.
1: Yeah, like we talked about, I mean, this could be uh, one of the deepest conferences from top to bottom, for sure. Like, all these teams are going to beat up each on each other. Um, but, you know, when you're trying to make a prediction, you've got to try to find, like, some flaws that you don't like in, in, um, in each team. And you kind of pointed some of them out. I'm, I'm completely out on Iowa State. Uh, Campbell, they had their chance with the Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, um, you know, team that was loaded on defense and they couldn't win a close game. Like they lost so many close games in like back to back years. And, you know, then they lost the big 12 championship. Like, and now it's just, it's just kind of going downhill and now all their players are getting busted for gambling, um, including the starting quarterback, Hunter Decker. So who knows what's going to happen with that in the next few weeks. And you you got to be out on, on Iowa state. Um, I mean, <laughs> I guess there's really nothing else to do in Iowa except for, except for gamble.
0: What were they um, so. gambling on?
1: like, I wonder their or, their own games. Their own Hunter games. Dexter's. Oh, that's yeah. rough.
0: Yeah, that you can't yeah, do that. Like, I
1: mean, I don't. I'm all for gambling. Like, if you want to bet on like another sport or mm-hmm. whatever, like, I don't care. But yeah, you draw the line like betting on your own game. <laughs> you
0: can't like, do you, that. You got
1: to know you can't do that. <laughs> right? Like, all even right. one guy. I mean he was smart, like uh it wasn't Iowa State, it was Iowa, like he's betting the under on an Iowa game, like good for you, buddy. Like you know you know, like that's not enough gamble, like that's an investment because those those are it's easy money, but um you can't I don't bet think on you should get busted game. for that. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. That's what everybody's doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But just in general, like you can't yeah. bet on your own game or your like a player prop of your own or like on your own team, like it's complete no no. Um, and then and they, they got busted, but so we'll see what happens there. Um, Oklahoma State, uh, yeah, they've kind of had, a you know, Gundy's always had a solid team. I just don't think they're quite as good as the top. Um, Spencer Sanders is not returning. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm not a, a big fan about Oklahoma State this year. I think it's going to be, like, Gundy will always get them to, like, a bowl game, um, but you really saw them kind of fall off towards the end of last year. Uh, I think that'll that'll kind of continue. Um, yeah, Baylor, I you know, I I do like Baylor and just that they they had a down year last year, but they were just so hyped coming off of their Big 12 championship the year before. Um, and so they really couldn't kind of handle that pressure and their defense did take a step back. But I really like uh Aranda, their coach, and uh Blake Shapen returns at quarterback. I, I just um I don't know. I they're they're good, but uh, like there's gonna be so many toss ups in this conference, like in terms of a, just a, on a week to week basis. So I could see them making the top two, but uh, not I'm not quite a hundred percent there on them. Um, Texas Tech has gotten a lot of momentum. Uh, they return a number of starters. They've been doing great on the recruiting trail. Uh, this guy Joey McGuire has like really made inroads. Like I think he was a former high school coach, if I was reading correctly, in, in Texas or an assistant or something, and he's really made um, some good inroads with recruiting. And, and they have a really talented team, like 11 starters returning on offense. Like, they're a team to, to watch out for. And, and, and you know, we know Lubbock is a really, really tough place to play. Um, you know, especially, uh, you know, we get teams going out there, taking that trip. Um, you know, Kansas, what a turnaround that they've done with uh, uh, Leopold. Um, you know, he basically came in like an almost summer practice the first year he was there. And they still won a few games. And then last year, they started it off like with 5-0, 6-0. One of the best offenses in the country. And that's going to continue this year uh, with Jalen Daniels. Um, You know, bet the over in Kansas games. Like, they're not going to – no one's really going to stop them, but (laughs) they're not going to stop anyone either. That's kind of – they're going to be the motto uh, with them. Um, You know, 10 starters back on offense. Like I mentioned, Daniels. And even if he, he were to not play, uh, Jason Bean, their backup quarterback, who started a number of games, uh, co- is, is is returning as well. So they're going to score a ton of points. They're going to give up a ton of points. That kind of would lead to, like, maybe a six-win season, which isn't going to really get the job done. Um, I, I agree with you on TCU taking a step back. I think people aren't going to realize how important um, Max Duggan was to the team. Obviously, he made the, made the uh, Heisman – trophy ceremony, he didn't win, but he was there. Um, And he was just such a just relentless player. Like with some of those runs that he was doing, Um, you know, they lose Quentin Johnson to the NFL and some of their other uh, players on offense. Uh, So, you know, plus all those close games they won. Um, So yeah, TCU is going to take a step back for sure. Um, So that kind of leads me to the the top three that I kind of like Texas, Oklahoma, and um, Kansas state. Uh I agree with you on Oklahoma. I'm just not I'm just not seeing it with Venables. And you know, he's supposed to be like a defensive guru, and it was really bad last year their defense. Um, and you know, just I don't really see how it's gonna get much better this year. Um, you know, they only have six returning starters. Uh they do have Dylan Gabriel returning. Um, you know, we we've seen Oklahoma when they have all their pieces on offense, they can score, but I mean, I don't really see them stopping anybody either. So they were only six and seven last year. So I don't see how they're going to make that this huge jump to being in the top of the conference. I mean, they're they're certainly going to win some games, but I don't think they're going to be, um, you know, in the in the top of the league. So I think the, the Big Twelve is going to come down to Kansas State and Texas. I know we talked about you know Texas being back, but uh, you know, Quinn Ewers is there. If he doesn't play well, you got Arch Manning. Uh, I don't even know if he'll you know be ready to play, but we saw some really good stuff from Ewers last year, especially that Alabama game, uh, which they really should have won. Um, you know, the, they're pretty loaded in terms of just their talent that they have. They brought in some really nice transfers. So, you know, you hate to say, quote, Texas is back, but I think they're going to be in the in the championship game, along with Kansas State, again, who's just as solid as they come. I know they do lose Deuce Vaughn. Uh, he's with the Cowboys now. But uh, Will Howard returns. Their offensive line is just uh, fantastic. I believe, yeah, they return all five starters on their offensive line there. doesn't matter. They're just going to run all over you. Um, you know, not as many starters returning on defense. But I just trust the program. I trust their coach Kleiman. Uh, so I'm in on Kansas State. So I, I think it'll be Texas and Kansas State. I think that's your your Big 12 um, championship game. Uh, they do play at Texas in the regular season. So it could be a, a, a rematch in the championship game. Um, they played last year, and they only lost by a touchdown. And, um, you know, I, I think that's that's where it'll end up being again. I think Kansas State will find a way to, to get back to the uh, Big 12 title game, and maybe they'll win it again. Um, we didn't mention the four newbies yet coming into the conference. Um, I think those four will be kind of at the bottom of the league, BYU, yeah. Yeah. UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. If I had to say who's going to be the best of the four, I'll give it to UCF just because of Malzahn and um, you know, it's a tough, you know, it'll be a tough trip for any of those teams to go into uh, the UCF uh, home field. They're usually really good there. Same thing with BYU is going to have a, that's a tough place to play too at BYU. Um, You know, and then we mentioned, I I think Cincinnati's in for a really rough year with Satterfield, uh, not returning many starters at all. Emery Jones is going to be their quarterback, like bet the under on Cincinnati. Um, And then Houston, I think, you never know what you're going to get from him. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, it's a step up on their schedule for sure. So I don't even, I don't know if those uh, – of the four, like I said, I think UCF will at least, you know, have some upset wins and make a bowl game. I don't know about the, the rest of those those teams. I think it might be a struggle in the first year. So um, all in all, like I said, my, my pick for the top two will be Texas and Kansas State in the Big 12.
0: Yeah, I, I... – i may echo all that i i pretty much i did most of my analysis in the front end of this segment so um i won't expound on that too much but i will we circle back to a couple of over-unders you mentioned cincinnati um under win total so their over under five uh five and a half i think under makes oh them. wow yeah that's
1: yeah let me pull up their schedule like i don't see five wins on that schedule hold on let me okay have my uh trusty magazine right here in front of me i can i can pull it up. All right. Um. All right, so Eastern Kentucky, we'll give them that one. At Pitt's probably a loss. Miami, Ohio, will give them a win. Home to Oklahoma, I mean, eh, probably not. That's a loss. At BYU is a loss. We'll give them Iowa State. Baylor, loss. At Oklahoma State, loss. UCF, eh, maybe. At home, maybe. But I don't know, then at Houston, at West Virginia, Kansas at home, yeah. I don't see six wins here on, yeah. on this schedule at
0: all no nah, i i'm with you i mean that's that's a big step up in competition you know week to week so now and T- plus
1: with the coaching change and, yeah. and losing all of players like yeah, yeah. under yeah. cincinnati
0: yeah, yeah when I, i'm with you and um tcu's overrunner for win totals is seven and a half and for me i looked at that i'm like that's an easy under like i i think it's going to be probably seven like on the but i don't see eight or more
1: i mean let me, let me look at their schedule stranger things have happened uh, well though. They could start pretty good because yeah. they get Colorado, Nichols, at Houston, SMU, West Virginia at, at Iowa State, BYU. So they could start pretty good, um, and then it gets a little, it gets tougher after that at Kansas State, at Texas Tech, Texas Baylor, at Oklahoma. So you need them, yeah, I seven or eight. So you need them to maybe get upset in the first six or seven weeks um, a, a game, and I think that's a that's a good play.
0: Oh man! If they if the Colorado games in is in Boulder, I I that has that has all the makings. I, I it will... is not
1: unfortunately. Oh. It is in uh, it is in Fort Worth.
0: Okay, okay, that's you know. I, the
1: line though is TCU like I think it they're minus three touchdowns. I think it's minus twenty one against Dion. I
0: think you take a chance on prime time.
1: Prime, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good yeah. I. I, I i i'm i'm gonna yeah we'll, we'll we'll see if we get an upset alert in that in that game we'll see i mean all right so that's uh, that's a big 12 everyone um let's move ahead to the pack 12 as we know it last year of the pac 12 by all accounts it's sad like i said but man what an ironic situation that ever, so many teams in the pack 12 were rated to be really good four teams I believe the teams are Oregon, UC, USC, Washington, and if I'm remembering correctly, the fourth one is UCLA. They're all projected to be very good this year, and it's just so unfortunate that this is like going to be such a great year for this conference, and it's not, and it's going to be blown up after it. Like it's just, uh, what do you even do? So anyway, but John, I'll give it to you for, the, for your preview. I'll give my thoughts after the fact. Oh, and is making his debut with Colorado, so that should be exciting yep. for no other reason, just the juice of that um
1: and his kids gonna play for him so yeah i mean yeah should shador is gonna be the starting quarterback apparently yeah the colorado is a a completely they're like a mystery team because they have a whole new team like they brought in transfers from everywhere and i mean they had to they were 1-11 last year so they had to remake the entire roster but like who knows how all these teams are gonna all these players are gonna mesh together uh we don't know so we'll it's it's kind of wait and see like you can't really think they're going to do that well, but who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us. But, yeah, they're, they're a mystery team in all this. But, yeah, I mean, if, the, if this is the last year of the Pac-12 as we know it, well, it, it is. But in terms of, like, the name of the Pac-12, it's going to go out with a bang because I could see, like, six teams here being ranked. You know, USC, Utah, Oregon, Washington, Oregon State, UCLA, the top of the conference. They're all – I could see them all being top 25 teams. I mean, this is a really, really good conference. And it's, like you said, pretty sad. Uh, when you look, when you really look at, at it from this perspective, like all these teams are, are going away to another, um, to other conferences, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess you have to start with USC, Caleb Williams, fresh off the Heisman. Is he going to get two in a row? We'll see. Um, I don't know, like the, they're certainly going to put up a lot of points. I mean, the, you know, their second year in Lincoln Riley's system, uh, you know, a bunch of other offensive playmakers returning. The question is like always with Lincoln Riley is their defense and it cost them in both Utah games last year and in the two wing game in the bowl game, um, just giving up a ton of points. Uh, you know, they, they, uh, they won kind of the schedule lottery and that they get Utah, Washington and UCLA at home. Um, their only road trip or really tough road trip in the PAC 12 is at Oregon Um, so the odds are they'll probably, again, this is like another conference where there's no division. So it's just the top two will make it, um, and they probably be able to outscore a lot of, a lot of these teams, but the question is their defense. And then, you know, if we remember Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, they always seem to have one game when they just kind of slipped up and, you know, maybe that'll happen here, but yeah, USC is definitely in contention. Um, Utah is right there with. Uh, you know, Whittingham, you know, rock solid as they come, like almost unbeatable at home, um, up there in uh, uh in Salt Lake City. Their question mark with them is Cam rising. You know, he tore his ACL um back uh I believe in the Bowl game in the Rose Bowl so I think was, I remember if I remember his backup came in. So the question is is he gonna be ready to start the year? Um I don't know. We'll have to see in the next week or two what, what we get from like practice and whatnot. But um if he's back uh they're you know they're going to be really good again like they're really talented um you know they're always going to have the have a solid defense nine starters returning there i mean like they beat beat up usc a couple times last year so i mean they're going to be right there uh in the conference um you know if you go down the list here oregon is going to be a really good team bo nicks you see the the signs in new york city like clamoring Bo Nix for Heisman. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go that far, but um, it's the year two under uh, Dan Lanning. Um, you know, it's still kind of amazing how a a guy coming over from Georgia goes to Oregon, but hey, it, it's working out so far. I mean, they had a really good year, first year 10 and three, so it's year two in his system. I mean, they can only, um, they can only get better there. Uh, and they have a bunch of returning starters, 16 in total, eight on both offense and defense. So um, they're going to be right in the hunt. Um, UCLA does replace a lot of production, obviously with DTR and Charbonnet leaving for the, uh, NFL, but, um, they have arguably one of the the highest rated, uh, recruiting, uh, quarterbacks starting for them and Dante Moore. Um, but even if he doesn't start, they brought in, uh, we talked about it last night, Colin Schley from Kent state who was a really good quarterback in the Mac. I mean, I know the Mac to the Pac-12 is a, is a big step up, but this guy was really talented and you know, chip Kelly, it's, it's a, you know, it's a system that he runs. Like you can put probably a, a number of, you know, athletic quarterbacks in there and they can make it work. But the big transfer they got is Carson Steele from ball state. Like if you remember watching matching this guy, like he's got long flowing blonde hair coming out of his helmet, just <laughs> running over people. Yeah, Like that's a huge addition for UCLA. So, um, you know they have nine starters returning on defense. I know their defense really struggled last year, but they can only improve on that side of the ball. So UCLA will be a contender. Um, Washington, you know what a difference last year was to this year. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, 2022 to the 20, previous year, yeah. When they had yeah. yeah, when they had Jimmy Lake, and um, you know I, I always loved you know Andy's rants and comments on them. But <laughs> you know, going from that limp offense to what they have now with Kalen DeBoer. I mean, the guy just wins everywhere he goes, um, you know, and now Michael Penix returning. think the Pac-12 could have, like, three Heisman-worthy candidates with Williams, Bonix, and uh, Michael Penix. Um, their offense is going is to soar. Uh, you know, the question is, again, like a lot of these teams on kind of the defensive side of the ball, and uh, again, this could be a conference where all the top teams kind of beat up on each other, which is what you worry about. Because like I said, there's six really good teams here um, in this conference. But yeah, Washington is going to be right there for um, in, in contention with this, with this top group. And then the final team in this group is Oregon State. Like the little beads. Um, you know, they're going to be, they won 10 games last year. I mean, and they should have beaten USC. Like if they had a competent quarterback. Yeah, they might have gone undefeated last year um, because their, yeah. they're, you know, their defense was tremendous. And, um, you know, they, their quarterback just kept turning over the ball. But now they get an upgrade, you would, you would think. Uh, DJU comes in from Clemson. You know, they're not going to ask them to do much. They're just going to kind of have them run the system they have there. Uh, and they're just going to run through people. Remember in the Oregon game last year, they – we're down Who can
0: like forget that game. Wow.
1: Seventeen or twenty points and they just yeah. ran the ball like twenty straight times and had a comeback and met, let Oregon like, you know, mess up on special teams and just you know, poor coaching and whatnot. And what there were some fourth down decisions that were pretty uh boneheaded. But you know, Oregon State's gonna be right there too. So any of these top six teams, I think I would not be surprised to see them in the um in the Pac twelve championship game. Uh and, and I think you know, just like the Big 12, they're going to kind of cannibalize each other because all these teams are just really good. So um, if I had to choose, I mean, I have to really look at the schedules of all of them. I did say USC has a pretty fairly easy schedule compared to the others because they only have like one tough road game or, or, or the top teams. They, they played them on the road. Um, so but just for just for our quick you know chat here, um, I'm going to say. USC and I'm gonna go with. Uh, let me just check their schedule for a second. Yeah, I'm gonna go with USC and Washington. That's kind of be my South. my two teams in uh, the in the Pac-12 for the championship game. Um, and yeah, those those top six are just like I said. Anybody can can really can beat anybody. Um, and then after that, you have like teams with new coaches: uh, Arizona State, uh, Colorado, Stanford. We kind of talked about them, and then like Washington State and Cal are just kind of. You know, middle of the road, but there's a clear gap between the top six and then the bottom six in the league. I'd be interested to hear um, your your feelings on on the conference this year. I know you're kind of more tuned in than probably most people living out yeah. on, uh, on the west coast. Well,
0: well, that's that might be true. I mean, you 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 gave a really really comprehensive rundown. That's pretty much spot on. I mean, I I pretty I couldn't really disagree with most of that um usc's certainly the team to beat in this conference i believe this year i mean caleb williams really was next level um it's just like you said it's just really a matter of what can they can do what can what they can do to improve defensively it's it's um an ongoing problem with lincoln riley's teams wherever he's been so that's just an obvious point of concern if they can address that and improve upon it i think they'll be they'll they'll they'll, they'll definitely be and they'll definitely be there and so I absolutely think they'll make the Pac-12 championship game. unless And because even this, you know, you factor in the games that they might lose one game or two games that they shouldn't. That happens every year with USC. So, but even if you have that, I still think they're going to be very good this year. Um, So Washington's a great pick, especially because of what they bring on defense. Like, their defense is very good. I still am going to go with Oregon. I just think the experience of Bo Nix at this point. I mean, he is a liability with uh, with turning the ball over. Although, he didn't really show it last year. Still, I mean, that, that's just an ongoing thing. But, with that said, I, I just think that team looks like a team that can play. And I, I just think that's... And beating them at their home... Like, who has the tougher home field right now? Oregon or Washington? They're both good. But I think Oregon's probably, at least historically, a little better. So... I mean, obviously, they did lose a home game that was key in the season. But... Um, overall I, I do think it's gonna be Oregon and USC representing in the Pac twelve title game. But Utah's gonna be if Cam rising's like back to back to being healthy like he was before, then it's probably Utah that will end up taking that other spot. But for now I'll say Oregon and USC. Yeah, I all, Utah's definitely gonna
1: have a say in it, All these teams will. It's gonna be yeah. fascinating to watch these, these... He's, uh, packed this Pac-12 race like Pac-12 after dark is going to be wild this year. Yeah, and that's sad too. Like this will be the last Pac-12 after dark year. Yeah, makes me, makes
0: me sad. I'm sad about it too. I had a lot of great moments, you know. You know, you always Arizona State was always pesky at home. Like that was a fun, you know. <laughs> that's an example. You know, you mentioned Oregon State, always in the mix. Yep. A lot of great games there too in Corvallis. Like, uh, no more, why
1: to bet against? What was that? No more, no more. Herm Edwards to, to fade this uh, year, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> he, is, he is gone.
0: He is gone, indeed.
1: I am kind of just, dis- you know, honestly, I thought
0: he did. O- he was doing okay for a while. I mean, he could have done worse, but, uh, but that he brought in
1: a lot of good players. I mean, yeah. you can't deny that. It's just yeah. they just kind of never, you know. They had like a lot of uh there's like allegations of like improper like recruiting and all that, and that's kind of what ended up yep being the downfall. And you know, they just kind of. I wouldn't say quit on it, but, like, they just kind they not just have them there anymore.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. fair. It's fair. Yeah. And they did have their share of, like, um, bad losses. I remember one time you yeah. just destroyed them in a game. Like, what? What happened here? Like, that was kind of ridiculous. So,
1: I mean, they lost to Eastern Michigan at home. That's what got them fired in, yeah. <laughs> like, the week two or three last <laughs> right, year. So. Right,
0: right, right. Uh, although it, it turned out Eastern Michigan was actually pretty good. But, you know, still, regardless, that's that's a game you got to win. That's the game, Yeah, a max
1: team should not be winning at a Pac-12 home field, for sure. Absolutely,
0: no. absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to Pac-12. I mean, soak it in, because this will be the last year. So, on we go. Um, so, to the team, the conference that's going to take most of their conference, <laughs> most of their teams, uh, the Big 10 um, But even despite that, I think even in the years to come, I think the, the, the teams that are going to always be the favorites are Ohio State and Michigan. And it's just funny how after... You know, 8,000 conference realignments and new TV deals and, and all the generations of players have come and gone Ohio State and Michigan are still the top two programs in this conference and um, honestly has it ever really been challenged? I was kind of thinking through the years like you, at least one of the two was great so I, yeah, I can't really, maybe one year there was Michigan State, maybe one year there was Penn State but really it's been those two so I have no reason to pick against that this year um, but I will say I'm not a big Ryan digger at all. I just don't think... I don't think he's great. I don't have any real argument to, to support that. I just don't think he's great. I just... You'd think they'd be a lot more dominant than they are, specifically on offense. And honestly, I just don't think they really do much on offense. It's, they're good enough to beat most teams, which is good. But, I don't know. We'll see. Michigan, on the other hand, I feel like has got some juice. I think there, there could be some potential... Um, we'll see. It's funny that Harbaugh survived all that. And a lot of people wanted him gone about two years ago. I'm <laughs> telling you,
1: that's true. He was on our hot seat list a number of years. Was. He was. He that's, turned it around. He really now look at him.
0: Absolutely. So give it up for Harbaugh. He survived the odds there. Um. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, and he survived buying a recruit a hamburger, and he's going to be missing the first four games. Um, but don't. <laughs> Don't fear, Dave. I think they can handle it. They're scheduled for the first four weeks. Home to East Carolina, home to UNLV, home to Bowling Green and home to Rutgers. I think he'll be good. Michigan'll be fine in the, in that stretch. Um but yeah, uh it's it's you know, this is a conference um again, they they are not going to the the one standing model. They're still doing divisions this year. So it's going to be a royal rumble here between Michigan, Ohio State and I've seen Lots of people very, very high on Penn State. And I can see why. So it's a clearly a three-team race. You could see a scenario where they all finish. Uh, I believe, it, yeah, do they play eight or nine uh, conference games? Uh, looks like they play nine. So they can all finish eight and one in the conference with each other's loss coming. Against, so it's going to be a, a complete three-way tie. And then we'll see how that plays out with like who gets to go to the big Big Ten championship game gonna be fascinating to play out um to see that play out um obviously michigan it's loaded you know jj mccarthy is back blake quorum is back um eight starters on offense seven on defense doesn't matter that Harbaugh's missing uh the four games i mean they're just going to run through everybody uh just a, a really loaded team um i i think they're a little bit better than ohio state but they have the game at penn state so this is where like the three way tie uh plays into the mix so like they could beat ohio state but then um ohio state would beat penn state so that it'll just be like a three a three-way a three-way thing here um but yeah they cleared the top three teams ohio state um obviously they need to replace cj stroud but like anything kind of recently in Ohio State, it's just a it's a, a system where they just plug and play these different receivers. Um, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. came out of the scene last year. I mean, they lose uh, Olave and Wilson to the NFL, and they just keep replenishing the talent. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka, Abuka. Buka, oh, I didn't probably say his name right, but the next in line to be like the next great Ohio State receivers. Trayvon Henderson, another great running back. The question is who's going to play quarterback Um, right now. It looks like Kyle McCord. Uh, He got some uh, playing time, like, you know, during blowouts and whatnot last year. So we'll see when he, when he comes in Um, Ohio state's going to be, be able to pretty much overwhelm almost every team on their schedule, except for a couple, like we talked about Penn state, Michigan. Um, They do play at Notre Dame. We'll, We'll see how that goes, but yeah, they're, they're going to be right there. Like always. Um, and then Penn State's the third team in this, in this triumvirate. I know, especially uh, Andy's not a huge fan of James Franklin for sure, but um, they, you know, they got a highly touted quarterback, Drew Aller, um, starting this year. Uh, I don't know if he got some playing time last year. He might've, I'll have to check on that, but he's a very um, highly regarded recruit, but he just wasn't going to play while Clifford was there. Cause you know, the whole respect of giving like a senior, you know all the starts and whatnot, but if Aller is even as half as good as what they're, they're claiming, um, you know, Penn state's going to be a, a very good team because they're great on defense. Uh, Nick Singleton's one of the better running backs in the country. And um, you know, they're, they're again, they're, they're loaded, just like Ohio state and Michigan. So it's a, it's a three team race in the East division without a doubt. Um, so after that, you just feel bad for like Maryland, Michigan state, Rutgers in Indiana, like I don't even talk about Rutgers in Indiana. Like we talked about Rutgers a little bit earlier. I mean, their schedule is just brutal. Like all these teams in the East have to play those top three teams, so you're already starting with like three losses on your schedule. Um, I'll just say about uh, Michigan State. Uh, We talked a little about Mel Tucker being possibly on the hot seat. Like he had that unbelievable first year when they won. What was it? Yeah, they won 11 games, but it was like all smoke and mirrors. Like they won a lot of close games. It was basically off of uh kenneth walker who's you know fantastic running back now in the nfl and it's just kind of all come crashing down since then they gave this guy a 100 million dollars and he hasn't really done anything since then um you know after spring practice their quarterback peyton thorne transferred to auburn you know just a lot of not good signs of this team at all so not high on michigan state again and then playing in this tough division Same with, you know, Rutgers in India. I think Rutgers could be okay if they played in the West, but playing in the East is just brutal. Um, And then Indiana is just going to be horrible. Uh, Probably one of the worst teams in the conference. We don't even really need to talk about them. Um, And then when you flip over to the other side of the division or the conference in the West division, very, very interesting scenarios here because you have a bunch of new coaches, a bunch of like transfer quarterbacks, and we'll see how this all works. Like Wisconsin is bringing in um, luke fickle great hire we know we did at cincinnati they're bringing in tanner mordecai from smu as their transfer quarterback and they're going to run like an air raid offense so like you just can't comprehend like wisconsin running that kind of offense it's just a slow like grounded pound kind of attack well here they are they're going to do a um they're calling it the dairy raid uh, instead of the air raid which is kind of clever but um that's going to be uh interesting to watch um my fickle's a great coach but Again, it's like you're kind of transitioning from one system to another. Like, do you have, like, the right players to do that? Um, We'll see. Um, You know, Iowa is always going to have a a fantastic defense. They're going to try to win games, like, 13 to 10 every week. (laughs) Um, They do get a transfer quarterback in from Michigan. Um, uh, Not not McCarthy's at Michigan. Uh, The other guy that played last year at Michigan, his name escapes me at the moment. Um, he was a transfer. I'll, I'll get it for you. Uh, yeah. Cade McNamara. That's it. How could I forget him? Um, you know, he played it for a lot for Michigan. So the Iowa offense should be better quote should, but I mean, who knows, but even if they get a little bit of an offensive improvement, if they go from like 17 points a game to like 20, you know, they're, they're going to win a lot of these games. because so Their defense is still going to be really good. Um, we do know that. Um, yeah, Nebraska's bringing in a new coach with Matt rule. Fantastic hire because he flamed out in the, with the Carolina Panthers. But we do know he's a really good coach from his days at Temple and Baylor. So um, you got to give them a couple years because he likes to like kind of strip the program down and get like his guys in. So I wouldn't expect much from them this year. But definitely in a couple years, he'll have Nebraska really competitive. Um, Illinois was one of the surprise teams last year with uh, Brett Bielema. Uh, has been doing a really good job and they're just, you know, they're like the new Wisconsin. They're like a, a, you know, a ground and pound, like defensive uh, type team. Um, So they're going to kind of continue that strategy. I mean, their defense is one of the best in the country last year. So I don't think they're going to be as good, um, at least on defense anyway. Um, So, you know, they're going to have to step up their offensive game, but, you know, you can't deny the job that he's doing there. Um, You know, PJ Fleck at Minnesota, they're kind of, Again, a lot of the teams in this division kind of play the same kind of style. Uh, a lot of running and, and defense. Um, they're definitely a run-focused team. Um, but they do uh, lose their quarterback, Tanner Morgan. But he wasn't having like a, a great year last year. And this, this Greek kid uh, played in the bowl game, which was pretty impressive. Ethan Kali-Kamanis. Um, and he, he probably will put up similar numbers. And they get a nice transfer from Western Michigan, Sean Tyler. Who should be a perfect fit for their running game um so the Big Ten West is, is really a toss up um oh I didn't mention Purdue new coach obviously we mentioned Brom lose uh going to Louisville so they bring in um uh the defensive coordinator from Illinois Ryan Walters so uh that that great performance got him a, him a new job and um an upgrading job and they have Hudson Card coming in as quarterback but I think it's going to be a kind of a, a rebuilding kind of year for them. Um, as they kind of get to their new, uh, accustomed to their new system, and then we won't even talk about Northwestern because they're like the they're the Indiana of the the West Division. Just what a what a disaster what happened over there. So very interesting division. It's going to come down to Wisconsin and Iowa for me, and man, it's really really tempting to pick, pick Wisconsin. I just don't know what this offense is going to look like, um, with with uh, the new new system. So I'm going to go with the old steady. I'll go with Iowa. I don't know. I don't like it, but I think we'll stick with Kirk Ferentz. Get a little bit better on offense. Keep that defense going and try not to win games 6-3 to three, um, <laughs> every week. So I'll go with a rematch of last year. I'll go Michigan and Iowa. Oh, I'm sorry. no, That was from two years ago. Last year was Michigan and Purdue. Um, so I'll go Michigan and Iowa in the in the Big Ten championship.
0: It's another case of just don't fight it, John. Like you know Iowa, like yeah. you hate them, but they have their seven to nine
1: wins. You know, embrace it. You got to embrace the <laughs> ugliness that is <laughs> Iowa football.
0: What game was it where they didn't they, they were what is it? They didn't have a touchdown. Or they didn't have a point. I can't even remember what it was. They didn't. No,
1: have the... I'm just looking at some of their scores. Like, yeah, they they won seven to three against South Dakota State. They lost seven to ten against Iowa State. They lost six to nine against Illinois. I mean, this is this is Big Ten football, baby. I mean, yeah. Let's go! Like, this is this is great.
0: <laughs> that, I think that's the game. They won seven to three, but the seven was like two safeties and a field goal.
1: Yes, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's oh ridiculous. God. Like, that's that's Kirk Ferentz. Like, that like, you know. like that's that's how they want to play football Ooh. at Iowa, but. <laughs> um, you can't you can't deny it works uh for sure but yeah um yeah just a little bit of an improvement on offense i think i think they'll get it i think they'll get there um just like a side that they play utah state week one mm-hmm. utah state team total under seven under three like they might not score so i'm gonna get on get it on that oh one.
0: yeah oh yeah they'll they'll make it they'll make a certain, but i still think i think the got we got a shot at that for sure for sure um all right, let's get to the SEC final. Well, Con- what were your
1: picks, Dave?
0: Oh, oh for yeah, yeah Con- I forgot, forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I've, I've teased that. Um, you know, despite we didn't really talk about Ohio State as much as I thought we would, but I think I think your your assessments are pretty good. I, I do think Michigan's really got some some steam. But having said that, I still am going to take Ohio State. I just again, it's another case of just don't fight it. Like you know, like I just don't think they're that good. You did say they're going to overwhelm opponents. I think you're right. And it's just going to be simply due to sheer, like, talent on their roster. Um, I don't know. Ryan Day just doesn't do a good job in big spots. I guess I saw that in the, in the college bowl season, and I'm just not into it. But that's not what it takes to win a conference championship. So I think Ohio State will win. will we'll at least get to the conference championship game. And same scenario as you with Iowa. Again, like... You could pick somebody else, and you could go on to regret it. I think Iowa will do a decent job this year. I think they're right there. They'll be right there. Certainly, there'll be some teams that could like challenge that. Um, Illinois probably got the best shot at it, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, they, you know, it's, it's sneaky good sometimes. Some of these teams. So we'll, we'll see what what's going on with the the Big Ten in a few weeks, and we might be surprised. Like it might be some different teams. Like they're stepping up to the plate here. So those are my picks. Um. Yeah. Ohio State, Michigan's gonna be a good one this year, though. I, that's for sure. I think it'll be a fun one. Um, we shall see. So on to the SEC, and here it is, like the the team that everyone says is like the best in the that everyone has called the best in college football for years and years. No reason to think differently this time. Like uh, Georgia and Alabama again going at it. Bama had what they would call a down year, but Bama still was good enough to make the new year six so how bad could they have been but but I do see some I do see that being a little different though because it just definitely did seem a little off and I think maybe because Bryce Chang was hurt during a lot of that season I feel like that had a lot to do with it and Georgia coming off two championships that's where it gets interesting like now you're just talking about statistical probability we have not seen a college football team win three straight and if they have it's been a really long time like, even winning two in a row is, like, really extraordinary. Like, you, you rarely see that.
1: Um, I don't think, uh, I, sorry to interrupt, but I don't think they were mentioning, like, the last team to win three. Like, it hasn't happened since, like, the 30s or something, like, yeah. 1930. Maybe might have been, I could be crazy. Like, I think I heard, like, Minnesota did it. Like, I could be wrong about that, but it's been a really long time since a yeah. team has won three national championships.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like, it's absolutely not happened in my lifetime. And it's, yeah. it's, it's gonna be really interesting to see. So, I don't. I just don't like those odds. But I do think they're gonna be very good. And same for Bam. I think they're gonna be solid team. Um, I do kind of wonder when they are gonna start to really start to fade. Because I feel like Saban's getting up there, and I. I just wonder. I just wonder. Saban's done a really good job staying like with it staying with the scene not letting the game pass him by and that's amazing to think of that because i think he's got to be like 70 something at this point so what a great career he's had and um i don't know it'll be interesting the the wild card here i think will be tennessee because they were solid last year and they're fun to watch and you know is another guy that we've been down on over the years but i do have to give him a lot of credit he was he had a good team that, he had a good he had a good team last year so will they match those expectations in year in, in, in this season? I don't know. I mean Tennessee's not that's history's not on their side in that scenario, but they are a very talented team. And the recruiting ranking seems just similarly, so I think they'll be good. Um so I don't want to take too much of your time, John. I'll give it to you. Oh, and yes, uh, you you're right about A and M, like the continuous the continuously uh the, continuous, the continuously disappointing A and M. Mm. Jimbo Fisher. Now there's a guy that where the game passed him by. Like, he's just
1: Yeah, absolutely. His antiquated offense, you know, from like ten years ago. It's just it's yeah. just I don't think he I think he might be the only person in, in college football that still runs plays out of the eye formation at this right. point.
0: Yeah. There's a guy that needs to get with the times. So John, let's give it to you for the, the SEC preview.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, Georgia, like you think, like, can they really win three in a row? Well, Dave, like, they're, it's like a one-game regular season for them. Like, let me read you their schedule. Tennessee Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, all at home. At Auburn, all right, a little tricky, but they have a new coach this year with, with Hugh Freeze, so it's going to take them a little bit of time. Georgia's so much better. Kentucky at home. At Vanderbilt. Florida in their typical neutral site game. Missouri at home. Ole Miss at home. So their first, like, really true, I would say, losable game comes on November 18th at Tennessee. It's like it's a one-game season for them. It's it's crazy. Uh, they don't, you know, they don't play any of the other uh, top teams out of the West um, division. So, you know, and then they play Georgia Tech in their rivalry game. So they're going to be in the SEC championship game again, even if they somehow get picked off by one team like they're not going to lose two two conference games like say they somehow like lost at auburn okay they're not going to lose another game um or they if they lost at tennessee they're, they're still not going to lose a second game and then i think the rest of the division will at least have two losses so you know they're gonna they're gonna be in the in the conference championship game again um they're absolutely loaded obviously like their entire defense just got drafted to the nfl but they're just going to get reinforcements. I mean, Kirby's smart. Like, what a, what a job this guy's done. Um, you know, he was kind of, like, under the radar. You know, being at Alabama, you're kind of like a Nick Saban shadow. But here he is, you know, building a dynasty and, like, taking over the SEC at Georgia. Um, you know, obviously, they need to replace Stetson Bennett. But we all all had question marks with him. I mean, he did end up proving a lot of people wrong with with his performance, for sure. But, you know, you know, you're losing a, a experienced player like that. But we'll see what um uh what the next guy can do. It's projected to be Carson Beck. And, you know, Bowers is the best tight end in the country for sure. as uh, so you have that to lean on. And and they're, they're fabulous defense. And like I said, the schedule's not really that difficult for for an SEC team. So they're gonna be there at the end in Atlanta, without a doubt. Um Yeah, you're right. The closest contender to them is Tennessee, in my opinion, in that division. But I don't think they're going to be quite as good as last year, just because I think uh, Hendon Hooker was very uh, undervalued. I think he was a really good quarterback, and I don't think Joe Milton is as good as Hendon Hooker. And um, you need, you know, you obviously need the right kind of quarterback to run Hypel's system, and I just don't think – Milton is as good so they're going to take a step back they're still going to have a good year I just don't think they're anywhere near as good as they were last year and um, Georgia's going to be uh, you know even if they lost to Georgia I still think uh, I'm sorry even if Georgia lost to Tennessee I still think Tennessee is going to take a couple losses elsewhere uh, with their schedule so um, I I don't see them getting ahead of Georgia this year Um, and then the rest of the division is just kind of yeah, like we all know Vanderbilt is usually the bottom of the conference. I mean, they're getting better. Um, they ended up with five wins last year and, and pulled a number of upsets. So uh that's much better than what they've done in previous years. Um, so Clark Lee is definitely building up the program, but um, you know, maybe they'll make a bowl this year, but again, not close to Georgia. Um, Missouri's done well, like in terms of recruiting. I just saw they just got a five star commit um to to come to Missouri and uh, you know they've they've had like some near close calls. I mean, they almost upset Georgia last year. So, um, they 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 had some talent on their team. So, I, again, I think they can be a bull team. They haven't done that's what they've been like the last three years is six and six every year. That's kind of what you see out of them. Again, um, Florida, we we kind of talked about with Napier. I think they have a lot of problems on their offensive line, and then you know Graham Mertz is coming in to be their quarterback. Like, I have a lot of questions there. Um, uh, South Carolina is kind of yeah, you know, they play typical, you know, Beamer ball. Shane Beamer is just like his dad. Like, they win with special teams and, like, kind of, you know, crazy plays. Like, uh, Spencer Rattler is, like, really up and down. Uh, we saw that back from his time at Oklahoma and now at South Carolina. Um, they got hit pretty hard in the transfer portal. So, again, I think a lot of these teams are pretty close to each other. Um, Kentucky was, was kind of projected to um, have a much better year last year than they actually did. They had a lot of injuries on their offensive line, but. I think they're going to be a little bit better this year. Um, They do uh, lose Will Levis, but again, like he was not have a good season. Um, They bring over Devin Leary from NC state. So I think that could actually be maybe an upgrade for them. Uh, But again, like these teams are all like around the five, six, seven win mark, I would say between like South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri. Um, And then, you know, Tennessee, maybe like one step above them, but they're they're none of those teams are close to Georgia. So Georgia is going to, gonna make the the sec title game again um the drama here is in the in the west division with alabama and lsu let's just get that out of the way like texas a&m no like i i, I don't see it jimbo fisher and his antiquated offense bobby vitrino is here former louisville coach former atlanta falcons coach for what five games before he quit um great offensive mind but i've been reading that at You know, the SEC media days, they kept asking, you know, Jimbo Fisher, like, who's calling the plays? Like, are you doing this or with the Bobby Petrino's offense? And like, he was like deflecting, like, every question, basically. (laughs) So you're bringing in one of a great offensive mind, but you're not going to let him run his own offense. You're basically going to just have him call like your offense. Like, it's not going to work if that's the case. And like Jimbo Uh, Fisher's ego is just way too big and it's not going to it's not going to work. So let's count them out of the mix. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Auburn and uh Mississippi State have new coaches. Obviously Mississippi State under the really sad situation with Mike Lee passing oh, yeah. that they had to have a new coach. Um they promoted Zach Arnett from defensive coordinator and he's going away from the air raid offense. So again, a team completely switching like offensive philosophies, like you do really have the, the, the players to run that kind of system. Uh Will Rogers is still um there at quarterback, but like does he you know is that going to fit like the new system of offense? It's more of like a, a pro style attack, so I don't know. Um, I'm not seeing it from Mississippi State, they're probably an under. Um, Auburn with Hugh Freeze, I think in in due time, uh, that's gonna be a good hire for them, but uh, it kind of slipped with under Brian Harson. Um, so it, it's gonna take them a little bit of time to to be competitive. I mean, they they might pull an upset. Like, I could honestly see them maybe beating Alabama in the Iron Bowl that's always just a huge rivalry. Yeah. But in terms of, like, a season-long projection, not really there with them. Same thing with Arkansas. Uh, their defense was pretty poor last year. They do have uh, K.J. Jefferson. is like, kind of a mini version of Cam Newton. Um, if you haven't seen him play, he's just a really talented player. But, again, like, they're a team that's going to score a lot of points but maybe give up a bunch, too. Um, Raheem Sanders returns as well. Um, and then you have Ole Miss, Wayne Tiffin. I mean, he's been actually been doing a, a pretty good job there. Um, and, you know, he, we always knew he was like a, a good coach. It's just all the other shit that kind of gets him in trouble. Um, you know, they have a, a bunch of stars returning, sixteen in total. Uh, Jackson Dart, who played, he played at USC, right, Dave? He was there for a, for a little bit. Yep, Jackson Dart. Uh, that's right. Yeah, he's yep. still there. And you know, they bring in Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State as like kind of a, a backup or second option and you know they they have one of the most dynamic running backs in the country Quinshawn Judkins he was a freshman last year and just completely went off they brought in another transfer from UTSA's Akari Franklin who's one of the better wide receivers so they're they're loaded with talent for sure the question is can they challenge the top 2 teams um uh, Alabama and LSU and that remains to be seen so um let's get to them to Alabama and LSU but yep. so i say miss miss uh Ole Miss is probably like Number three, in my opinion, um, after Alabama and LSU, and then like you know, Texas AM, I'll put begrudgingly at like the fourth spot, maybe fifth. Like, I am not a fan of this Texas AM team, let me tell you that much. Like, in mean, Fisher, but um, we already talked about that, but yeah, definitely Ole Miss after the top two. Um, yeah, Alabama, like, who's playing quarterback for them? Like, that is a good question because I don't know. They brought in Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, like, is he really going to be their starting quarterback? Um, they got this guy Milro, uh, Jalen Milrow, who played when Bryce Young was hurt last year. But if you remember, he's more of a running quarterback. like he's not that gifted in terms of like his his passing ability. We saw that in a number of games. Maybe he improved that over the over the year, um over the off season. um you know, the receivers are definitely a downgrade and compared to what they had in previous years. Obviously, you know, the run of receivers that they put in the NFL is unbelievable. Definitely don't think they quite have that. Um, they're they're you know, remaking the offensive line. Only five starters return on defense. I mean, I know that Bama really recruits well for sure. But when you know you lose a playmaker like Will Anderson, like that definitely is not an easy guy to replace. So I think Bama's there for the taking this year. Um, not saying they're gonna lose like six games, but would not be surprised to see them have like another two or three loss season, which would basically keep them out of the SEC championship game and kind of like in that mm-hmm. next, like last, like last year, the New Year's six ball game. Um, so that leads me to LSU. I mean, Brian Kelly and his family, I mean, they're, they're here. Uh... <laughs> you mean the oh, born bred southerners are in the, <laughs> that, that's right. My, my family is so happy to be here. Uh, it's got to work on this cage in a little bit, but um, yeah, uh, they're loaded again, like uh, Jaden Daniels, fantastic first year and just think about it like they made the sec championship game last year in his first year like putting all this talent together he brought even and more transfers coming in from you know power five. like they basically plugged their needs uh you know with, with transfers through the portal and like he's just recruiting so well like he's he's not like a good person for sure like that's been established over a number of years but hell of a football coach and he proved it you know last year making the SEC championship game even with all like this these new like basically a new team last year um with all the guys that he brought in he's even enhanced it this year uh Her- Harold Landry is, or, I'm sorry Harold Perkins one of the best linebackers in the country like we speak I want out for on defense but they're loaded in general and uh, basically every position um you know at Alabama is going to be tough because you know they're going to be looking for revenge for sure uh, after that loss last year. But I think LSU is just a little better at this point. I think they can beat them again. Um, and even if they lose, I, like I said, I think Bama could have, they could have two losses uh, in the SEC. Um, I mean, I don't know exactly. I mean, they could lose to Ole Miss, like I said. Um, you know, they could lose at Auburn. Like there, there's potential losses here. So I like this LSU team. I think they're going to win the West. And I think it's going to be a rematch of last year. I think it's going to be LSU and Georgia again um for the right to to i mean they they both make the college football playoff the way things are going
0: yeah
1: um i think that'll be your championship game again and um yeah that week one game lsu florida state that's going to be fantastic
0: i'm looking for oh yeah you know i really love where your head's at with lsu i'm really high on them as well i i really think they could make some serious noise like they look good like i'm very excited about that team um we have some comments in the chat from Mississippi Dog and who says that Mississippi state is really the team that could run the table Went nine and four last year with 21 out of 22 starters in the two deep returning and a record setting quarterback returning that may break NCAA passing yards record. So I'm looking at the schedule for Mississippi state and, and it's definitely going to be obviously there's going to be a lot of weight to that with, as we mentioned, you know, Mike Leach uh, died last year and it was really sad yeah. news, you know, but Arnett is certainly part of the system. So we know the system. Well, um, if I look at the schedule, I feel like it boils down to whether Mississippi State can upset either LSU and Alabama. They could. I could certainly see that one of the two happening and if they do, then the rest of the schedule is like Western Michigan and S- like Sith that southeastern Louisiana, Arizona probably would win that game since it's at home. And then Arkansas as we were talked about their defense is questionable Auburn Kentucky, and then we, we were all down in Am anyway, so I don't I feel like they'd probably beat them. And then you got the Egg Bowl, which has gone both ways over the years. So I don't know. I mean, I could certainly see nine wins. I mean, run the table is definitely a big thing, but I don't know, John. I mean, yeah, I don't know about
1: undefeated for them. I mean, it's all going to come down to like, you'll know where they stand after September 30th because yeah. they played both LSU and Alabama at home by then. So win those two games, you're sitting pretty, but uh, we'll see. It's going to be tough with the whole new offensive system coming in, but we'll yeah. see yeah. Um, definitely rogers is
0: definitely a, a good quarterback so Yep, yeah, 100 so uh yeah mississippi dog thank you for your comments um let's now go and it, by the way my predictions for the conference um i am very much in step i i think i yeah yeah exactly the same i'm like you know like i said sometimes you just don't want i mean and I'll, you'll see why i make these predictions in a few minutes when we get, <laughs> but i'm gonna go Georgia and lsu yeah absolutely like, even the worst-case scenario for Georgia is still going to result in them winning 11 games? Like, they're going to win 11 yeah. games. Like, I can't see them going worse unless even even if you had like, the quarterback get hurt or, like, their their leading pass rusher get hurt. Like, their depth is amazing. They've been dominating the recruiting rankings for the past five years. Like, I really think this is the team to beat in all of college football. So, uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, that, uh, that, those are my two teams. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So we are now at the point of the of the, po- of the podcast where we can make our playoff predictions. Uh, yeah, and I can see from John, I can see you shaking your head. I feel like we're gonna have some same old, same old <laughs> again. I mean, yeah. I'm looking. You know, <laughs> so I'll give it to you first. Who do you have for the for your top? Four? I
1: mean, this is tough because, like we said, the the Big Twelve and the Pac-12 could essentially just like eliminate themselves because of all, like all the parity within the league. And then that would leave you with like two SEC and two big 10 teams. Um, or I guess you could have an ACC team in there too. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I'll go with more so what I want to see happen than what like it's actually going to happen. If that makes sense? Okay. I, I don't want to see two two of the same conference. So we're going to – that probably could end up happening, but we're, we're going to get rid of that. So um, I'm going to say – LSU,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Florida State, Michigan, and USC.
0: That's going to be that, – if that actually happened, that would be a very exciting college football playoff. Like really and fun. Actually, you
1: know what? I don't know if that can happen because LSU and Florida State play that that first game.
0: Oh, so, okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, tough. That's true. We have to, have to re- revise that because like, okay. one of them is going to lose and they'll probably lose another game in like two – Two
0: losses isn't
1: gonna get you in. So Yeah. I don't want I I to pick Clemson either. Ugh <laughs> Well, why don't you do give me
0: yours and then we can okay, I okay. can revise mine. Okay. Sounds good. So my four Georgia and LSU. How about that? And, and it's happened before. Like you've had like you know, Georgia and Bama make it together, even though Georgia beats Bama in the SEC championship yep, game yep. and so on and so forth. Or vice versa. Um Ohio State, again, it's going of be the most reluctant pick of a team to make the college football playoff. But I'm like, but who's going to beat them? Like Michigan is probably going to beat them, but I still think they can make it even with that situation and Clemson. And I, I don't love Clemson, but I I also think they're due for some, I, I feel like they're due to make a comeback. I really think they've got the pieces to do it. And when you see everybody kind of down on the program, and I don't mean everybody, but like a number of people down on the program, I feel like that's their moment where they can kind of take that, and ride the momentum like yeah, everybody picked against us and this year they'd be right <laughs> we we didn't think that much of them this year and i think they could make some noise and i think they, they're in for definitely some definite improvement you you could totally see it so georgia lsu yeah. ohio state and clemson
1: yeah and i know i just said i don't want to do two teams in the same conference but it all it really makes sense to me now like that's it's, it has to happen because i don't like clemson florida state and lsu play each other the big 12 is going to knock each other out I think the Big Ten, its only they're only going to get one team because, uh, you know, th- those three teams, like I mentioned before, are going to kind of knock each other out. So I'll agree with you. Georgia, LSU, Michigan, and USC.
0: That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Michigan, I think, of the two, I feel like Michigan does have more upside. And even as you were, we were talking about the suspensions aren't going to be that big a deal. Like I, that's not gonna, that's really not going to affect. Remember, like when Brady got suspended for four games and it was like nobody cared. Like he came back and they were fine. Like <laughs> it's just I can make a dick difference at all, honestly. So um, yeah, I love it. I love it. So out of that, who's going to win? I mean,
1: I can't pick George. I don't, pick I don't either. For three years in a row. Well, let's go with Brian Kelly and his family. <laughs> <I like you. laughs> I'm all about it. I'm all about it. <laughs> let's go
0: <laughs> I'm, with, I'm good with that um I I picked Clemson but that's just paper I want LSU to win that would be hilarious I would enjoy that a lot more so
1: yeah.
0: all right that's great like what a fun playoff we we could have if that all if that all, if that all goes our way so we'll see um so let that's about it for a preview I mean it's been it does look like a really great season. And it's probably the last year of college football that we way we've grown up with it. It's going to be a very different sport in twenty twenty four. So, yep. but yeah, I mean, lots to look forward to.
1: Yeah, change is good and change is bad. Like it's pros and cons of everything. Yeah. I will, you know, the twelve team playoff, how that they'll be structured and formatted, and you know how they're going to do the rankings for that. Like, well, it's going to be fun to follow for sure next year. But yeah, we'll we'll enjoy um last year with the with the four teams and the sham rankings that come out every <laughs> week starting around halloween
0: oh those rankings oh the I, just, I thought you were talking about like week one like which is like also here and like, well that's a
1: sham too like it's kind why of why like we a per- perpetuating thing like all right you rank them all high and then yeah so
0: dumb yeah. dumb and and the arbitrary methods that they use to rank to do those college football rankings are just the worst yeah. Like yeah. i want the computers back like the computers at least were consistent like
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> um. So, it, it's going to be a fun year. And uh little footnote, I I do believe I have an opening on that Saturday you talked about with the with the um, what, who was it? the The Mac team against San Diego State. Like, was it...
1: oh yes, uh San Diego State in Ohio. Is that the Week Zero game you're talking? Week Zero about, game. Right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got. I think I got that day open. So
1: I'm nice. going to look into it.
0: It would be a fun. That would be a fun trip. We'll see if it plays Oh, out. you're
1: going to go to the game? Nice. I might
0: go to the game because that new stadium, that's the new Snapdragon Stadium. Oh, no, like...
1: that's right. Yeah, it's the Snapper, they're calling it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've already driven well, by the crazy it.
1: The thing is, Dave, like there's no like, game like F- FBS, but like, there's an FCS game in Albany, and like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be kind of in the area, so I might, I might end up going to that. So maybe we'll both get to a game nice. that, that day.
0: Nice. Nice. that would be a fun day. I'll let you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Keep you all up to date. Uh, so yeah, final thoughts, John, on, on the season. It should be a fun one.
1: Oh, no, I can't wait. Like you said, we're 10 days away from week zero kicking off. So um, I know we probably won't do like an official preview and pick show for week zero. But i um, looking forward to the season, Dave, and we'll have our our contest starting. Me, you, Andy and whoever else is going to be in the mix here. So it should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I will try to i think i won't put so much pressure to like make the shows like we were doing last year so if you can make picks if you can do the show great if not yeah. i won't worry about it let's we'll just have some fun with it we'll just we'll just kind of talk about the games and do the yep. thing that's the best part of it anyway all the rants from last week was
1: <laughs> my favorite part of the show. oh yeah yeah ranting about <laughs> our bets that go wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely Um uh, one last comment from angry thank you for hanging out thank you for hanging with us Let's hope Strength of Schedule is overly considered when they change the format. I hope you're... I, I agree with you. That's a great idea. They really should.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's all subjective now, unfortunately, with this committee. Like, you need to have, like, raw, like, data built into it. Like, that's just, like... You can't argue which one way or the other. Like, yeah, okay, this team played a tougher schedule than, you know, the other team. So, I, I completely agree with that.
0: Yeah. Well, John, it's been great previewing these games. Um, Let's... We'll, we'll meet again pretty soon, as, as maybe next... Probably not for week zero, but week one we can definitely talk about it, or at least we can recap week zero. Like when we get to that that show that get to that week, and we'll take it from there. Thanks again, John. Good luck to you, all your action. If you have, are you going to do any like win totals this year?
1: Yeah, I'll probably do some. Uh, I have a list of of ones I want to bet, but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. i you know, I kind of want to keep those separate from like my bets that I like, just like do daily stuff on, like okay. mail book. Want a different like site or something to do those just because you know i'm I'm like weird like that i don't want to take the money from like i would bet like you know some baseball or you know or uh golf or whatever and and you know you know deplete that and just go, go on to a different spot but yeah i'll do some win total bets absolutely
0: cool well good luck on those win total bets yep. i mean thank you lots of good value out there i think so oh yeah yeah yep. All right, John. Thanks again. Have a good rest of your night. And uh well well and uh, all the best. Take care.
1: All right. You too, Dave. Thanks for having me. Got
0: you got it. John and Connecticut folks.
1: It was really great to have uh
0: John back for all the scenarios. Good stuff. So, yeah, we'll we'll get back to our football talk doing football picks although more informal football picks this year. Um with, um with non-mandatory picks. That's the plan. We'll see if it plays out. But uh so we'll we'll keep that going. Thank you for tuning in. I have one last comment from Mississippi Dog. Can't wait to see Oklahoma and Texas play in the SEC. They are going to spend millions on players. <laughs> it's a new era, my friends. Not in more ways than one. But uh, thank you all for tuning in. Um, my name is Dave Medina. You know me as Dave who's eating a sandwich on this platform and other platforms like Instagram and TikTok and Threads, among others. Um, you can join me for some more for more chaotic fun in just a few minutes we're I'm gonna be back here at 11 o'clock tonight on twitch so twitch.tv slash davies eating a sandwich if you're watching us live I'll be playing golf with your friends and you can play too i'll show you i'll tell you how to do it when we get over there and uh, start that gaming stream over on the twitch side but uh thank you for re- very much for tuning in if you missed any part of it the replay will be right here on 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 YouTube or on your, or any podcast player of choice, you can find the Sandwich Corner, our podcast, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major podcast platform players. We're going to keep keep doing this throughout the football season. So if you're looking for more gambling advice and, and uh, um, ideas for who to pick during each week, we're going to give it to you from both the college football side and the NFL side. So stay with us all season long. In addition to that, we've got more interviews here in the corner. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time.